Ting! The new way everyone is getting their cell service. No overage penalties, great rates, keep what you do not use, no contracts, and someone will actually pick up the phone when you need support. Use our link and get $25 off your first month's service or your new phone. Just go to tech-zen.tv ting to save $25. Hello, it's time for another episode of Let's Make It. And I'm here again today uh, with Bob. And this week is episode 26, and it's recorded all on July 1st of 2013. And we are going to show how you can make a universal remote control. What do you think, Bob? Good. It sounds good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. That's good. You staying uh, cool down there? Uh, we've. It's actually uh, very cool for uh, the summer here. We were less than 90 today, so. Oh wow. I don't know what to do with all this cold weather. <laughs> it almost. It almost feels like winter. <laughs> all right. So uh, let me show you what I have here, and I'm going to then show a drawing of it because make it a little simpler. So I put two projects on this one board. The first one we're going to do doesn't use the buttons at all. But basically what we have here is uh, an infrared detector and an infrared emitter. You can barely see the emitter. It's, it's uh, dark, almost black in color right there. And uh, I'm actually going to go show it from this point of view. This is, um, let me bring this up. We basically have the IR emitter, uh, a resistor, and then the detector. And that's pretty much all there is for this first project. So uh, you see we're running the... Uh, output of the detector to pin number nine and we're running the emitter to uh, pin number three and if you go look at the schematic you can see it's a uh, very very simple and let me uh, zoom this one out so you can see right here we have the IR emitter and then we have the detector right here so that's all there is for this first project so the first project we're going to do is we are just going to um, show how to receive uh, IR commands and send them back out. And uh, to do this, I'm going to actually record. So let me go back over here. This is um, a strip of LED colored lights. And then I have a remote for them right here. And I'm going to program this into here to control them. So let me go ahead and turn them on. See right now they're green. Let me go to something like like a yellow. The yellow is right here. So there's yellow. So I'm gonna go through and I'm gonna program different colors in and we're going to have them change. So let's do this. Let me go over to the Arduino software. And let's see. Let me show you what I'm doing on this side. So what I'm gonna do on this side is I have a, a uh, a program already loaded and it's this one right here let me get into this and I'm gonna bring up the serial monitor and this is what's running so it basically it currently has up to 10 positions I can set I'm currently set to zero so if I record something I'm gonna go over here I'm gonna press the uh, orange button so we're gonna record it and you see it said saved code so now I'm going to go to position number two, which is actually one, because it's zero, then one. And I'm going to record a blue. And then I'm going to come over to position number three, which is number two. And I'm going to record a red. So there you see I've recorded the colors. So let's go over and look at it. 
and you can see it's currently red. I wish this is where I could do a split screen. It'd be really nice to show you this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back over to here and I'm going to go back to position number zero. And I'm going to say S for send. So I'm going to send. And if we go back and look at the camera, you see that we have yellow. So, and you see the flickering, the flickering, I don't see the flickering, that's the camera doing that. Uh, it's same frequency as the camera shutter probably. So let's go back over here to this and we're gonna to go to position number one. And we're gonna say send. And we go back and we look at it and there's the blue that I recorded. And if we come back, I'm gonna to go to position number three and I'm gonna send. And there's the green that I recorded. So let's go look at the program that's doing this. It's actually very simple. Um, we're using a library called IR Remote, and you can go out and I'll put links to this in the show notes. You can download the library and, and put it in. The library is um, already nicely done for any kind of IR Remote. It pretty much does just about any manufacturer's remote. So over here you see I have the um, pin set to pin nine for the receive for, the, for this, and then uh, we just set F to 38 and we'll show you what that does in a little bit here. We come in and we define the receiver function and we basically are passing it the pin. So it's IR pin number nine. And then we also define a class of IR send. So we need both of these send and receive. And then we have our results and the decode results is actually a structure that contains the results that it reads in. And then we have uh, the code length and the current code. So the current code is, you see me typing in zero or one or two, this is the array element that we're working with right here. And then uh, we, for the setup, it's pretty basic. We just start our serial port and I'm printing out zero to nine and then S for send, just to, just to give some instruction. So we're going to go ahead and the IR receiver, we're going to enable it to receive. So unless you do this, you can send all the characters you want and it won't, it won't do anything. And then we're calling a function that's created called set code memory. And this is something that I do to set our current location. We'll see that when we get down through here. So the first part of this is very similar to what we see in all the other uh, sketches where we actually take serial input. We look for serial variable available. And if it's available, we go ahead and we read in one character. And I'm basically saying that if it's between zero and nine, I want to set our code memory position to ch minus zero. This is what this is doing, is taking it down to an integer. And then if it's equal to s, I'm going to send out the current memory location. And then we come down here, and if we have received a code, I'm going to store the code, and then I'm going to resume. If you don't do resume, after it receives the first code, or it receives a code, it stops, basically, and, and waits till you do whatever you want to do with it. So until you do resume, you can't take any more, you can't receive any more information. And when we get to store code, you'll see how I'm taking the information out of that structure. We come down here and we say uh, set code memory. So what this is doing is setting our current array, our current code equal to whatever number was typed in between zero and nine. And all I'm doing is displaying that the current code is this, and then I am resuming the receive again just in case for any reason that it was stopped. And then store code, this is where the, the bulk of the work is being done. And you see that we're taking our, basically what we're doing is the other thing I didn't mention is we're using EPROMs. 
This is the first time we ever use an EEPROM on uh, an Arduino, I think, in this show, where we can actually can store data in a non-volatile memory so that if the Arduino is unplugged and plugged back in, it still remembers this. So the way we're doing that is we basically have one long array of all the values. So our start index is equal to uh, the current code, which is um, 0 through 9 times the size of raw buff plus 1. And then we say the length is the results period raw length. Remember, results is a an array. And raw length is what is one of the values in the error. It's, it's a structure. And it's the reason raw length is one of the values in the structure. So our length is equal to the raw length minus 1. So if we received 40 characters, we're actually um, going to put out 39. It's 0 to 39 instead of 1 to, 1 to 40. So then we call the EEPROM write. And we set our start index, which is basically if we're on um, like a number two, for example, it's two times the raw buff length plus one. So we're basically defining where in memory we want to put this. So we set our start index and then we write out the length. And then we're going to go through that length. Whoops, too fast. For each character we received, and we're going to write that out to the EEPROM right here. And when we get, if we get bigger than 255, uh, that's not valid. So we basically are writing 255. It ends up being a null character. So we can terminate a string. And then what we're going to do is do the saved code length in the, we're going to print out the length. So that's just basically how many characters that we just write out to the um, EEPROM. And then we have the send IR. Nope, can't. Here it goes. My scroll's acting funny. Let me just do it this way. So we have a send IR, and in send IR, we're actually sending out the code. So what we're doing is we're looking at where are we supposed to go for uh, the start index, which is by, based on current code. And then we read the EEPROM from that index into length is the first thing we read. And then we define an array called code and then we read for that length out of EEPROM every byte for the length of that um, code. And as we read that then, we get to the end of our loop here, we send out the code that we just read out of memory. And you see we had the length. And then this is where F, F is basically the frequency that we're sending it out at. So we're sending out at 38 hertz. Is that right? 38 hertz or kilohertz? Kilohertz. Kilohertz. So um, send raw basically allows you to send out the code, which is a bunch of basically ones and zeros, um, and its length, and then the frequency you want to send it out at. So this is all in that library. It's all done for us. And that's it. So you see there's nothing, nothing really fancy in here other than the EEPROM, which is something kind of new to us. Um, and that's, that was something that was actually kind of new to me when I was writing this. I was just thought it'd be... Nice to have it so that it remembered it when I turned it off. So I started looking it up. And it's not difficult, but it's the first time we've done anything like that. All right. So now what I've done in the second program, let me go show you this program while we're still in this code view. Uh, let's see. What I've done is I've added buttons to this now. So you see everything's the same at the top so far, but I've added buttons which is pins four, five, six, and seven. And these buttons are going to, to ground. And everything's the same up through here. 
except for in the setup, I'm now adding button one through four and I'm doing an input pull up. So it's going to come back as true if the button's not pressed false if it is pressed and when you do when you do the uh, digital read. And all the only other thing that I changed was in the reg, in the loop, instead of sending the current code, what I'm doing is I'm sending out a specific code. So the first button, I send out code zero. The second button, I send out code one. The third button, I send out code three, which is, you know, zero, one, two. And then the fourth button, I send out the fourth code. So that's the only thing I've added into here um, compared to the other program. And it still has the same store code. And I'm going to go over here, I'm going to go through this, and we're going to set it up so that uh, you can see what it does. So let's go over here to the camera. And let me get into the serial port to make sure everything's working. Okay, we're going to show you what's done over here. All right, so first button we're going to set is the, the white, which is button zero. So I have the remote here, and I'm going to hit the white button, which is right here. And do this. I gotta load the program up before I do this. All right, so the new program's up there. Let's go to serial monitor. All right, so we're gonna do this again. Here's white. And if we come back over here and you see we have saved code length 67. So I'm gonna go to button number two, which is the one. And then over here, Button number two is blue. So we're gonna go over here and we're gonna do blue. And if we come back over here, we see we saved code. We're gonna to go to button number three. And button number three is red. So here we have red, the red button. And if we come back over here, we see we recorded that one. So let's go to the last button, button number four. And button number four is green. So green's right here. And we look over here and we see we saved the code. So if this worked, I should be able to come over here and press these buttons to change the colors. There's white, there's blue, there's red, and there's green. So these LEDs are controlled by this. You know, if you can see this right here, that's the IR pickup sensor for the, the control of the LEDs. Right there is the LED emitter. So they're both pretty close to each other, but they aren't connected in any way. And I can now go through and I can change the color of the LEDs by a button press. So this works exactly the same as if you're using a remote like a TV remote. You just need more buttons for it. But it was much easier to show you visually the colors uh, than what it is showing you the TV remote making changes. And it was a quick one this week. <laughs> so um, I do want to talk a little about the EEPROM thing. Have you ever used the EEPROM? No, I have not had a chance to. It, I it, haven't had a project that needed it yet. I came across it last week, um, and whenever I was doing this, playing with it on Sunday, I was like, well, I won't be able to save this. Let me try this. And it worked, you know, pretty much right out of the right first time. So it's kind of cool because I can pretty much unplug it now. Actually, I'm going to go here. I'll go back here to the other camera. So in normal instances, that would pretty much ruin the memory. You have to reload everything. 
in this case, it remembers it. So now that I know that it exists, I'm gonna start playing with it more. Cause I think it's pretty neat. I've had some other things in the past that were, you know, want to kind of remember it. And it just, this lets me do that. So it's kind of neat. But yeah, it is, it is a nice feature. I've just never had a, had the opportunity to play with it. And, uh, yeah, the, the IR library, I, I was scanning it over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, since I, part of the reason this show is a little shorter is because I smoked my hardware, uh, put the wrong resistor on, you mis misread the, or the documentation I found was wrong. So I didn't get as far as you did, but, uh, the library seemed fairly straightforward. I just scanned through it and, um, uh, Pretty much everything you needed was right there, ready for you. Yeah, I was pretty, so pretty I, it excited was impressive. about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so. I, I was pretty amazed at how easy it was to make that work. It didn't take hardly anything at all to get it to work. But it's pretty impressive. Now, that I'm sure there's a lot of work went into the library, but um, the link, the library is free, and we'll put a link to it on the show notes so that uh, people can go out and download it. You know, it makes it very quick to do to do stuff like this. Well, since I uh, killed my hardware, you got you got further. You got to play with yeah. it a little more than I did. So yeah, yeah. And the the IR uh, receivers there's a bunch of different kinds. Um, I didn't know which was the right one to get, but the one I got worked fine as well. Um, they also yeah, they won't work pretty much the same way. It seems it seems like it. Yeah, the but some of them are tuned to specific frequency ranges. Yeah, the one I have says it's. Uh, 36 through 40 or something like that but the the actual program he wrote this um in his notes in the library about using 38 kilohertz that it was the most generic it, it would reach across 36 and 40 so that's what i made it and it's make it work just fine i haven't found anything i play with a number of different things now remote control wise just to see what all would work and it's all worked okay yeah from what i was reading uh 38 to 38 and a half seems to be the most popular, but 33 to 40 uh, consumer products can be anywhere in that range. Yeah. So when I was first writing it, I have a video switch next to me that I use for, um, it's on my Roku and it's on uh, my, well, I don't have an Apple TV there anymore, but I have a um, Google box there and something, I have a couple of things. And I just, it has a remote control and I just picked it up and started playing with it. And then I started playing with the LED lights and then the TV remote and just kept grabbing different things and it all worked. So I was pretty impressed. So I do have an, uh, something I'm, so, I'm probably going to do with this. In the future show, we're going to talk about remote controlling uh, or on an Arduino from like an iPad or something like that. And um, I have some of these lights behind some monitors. So I might try to write an Arduino or create an Arduino Arduino controller to remote control some of the lights. I think it'd be kind of cool. That sounds like fun. Yeah. So we do this also, we do have a, though, and I was showing the, um, the drawing from the Fritzing drawing. There is, we do have some, um, uh, what do you call them? PC boards on order. And I'll kind of show that here. Let me get this zoomed up though. These went out for order, I guess last Friday maybe. So we don't have them here yet, but we've got to get one of these shields put together and 
And if you don't want to go through the electronic part of it, it basically has the, the four buttons on it that I have here uh, to be able to control. Oh, that's the wrong one. That's why it looks funny to me. Just open the same one back up. Yeah, that looks better. So this is the shield that had, basically I, the way I had to set it up was it has the buttons for volume up and down, power and mute. I figured that's the most commonly used button. So someone wants to play with it. There we go. So we have these coming, not available yet, but they're coming. So we hope to be doing more of that in the future, more shields for if you want to play with something but don't want to go through the whole process of putting it together on a breadboard, you can you know just get a shield and do it that way. Yeah, and I think that'll be helpful to a lot of people. Right, absolutely. All right. All right. So I do, and I got to keep saying this, we're moving everything to a different YouTube channel. Uh, if you haven't done it yet, go to youtube.com slash... Um, TechZen TV. We're moving from the Let's Make It YouTube channel. Everything's going to TechZen TV channel. So if you're watching this on the old YouTube channel, make sure you go like right now or at the end of the show. You can go now. You can leave. Uh, go over there and hit subscribe. It's um, you need to do that soon because there's only a couple more weeks left and we're going to stop putting things onto the old YouTube, YouTube channel. So just don't forget to go do that. All of our show notes are online at TechZen.TV and you can go look at all the old shows, watch them, uh, you also, there's contact information there. If you want to contact us with ideas, we love the ideas. This past week, I can't remember if we got anything as far as ideas or not. I don't remember. I didn't see any ideas come through. Well, you know, actually, since last Monday, we have. But um, since we had the problems Monday night with the storms and everything, we re-recorded on Thursday. And since Thursday, I don't think we've gotten anything. But since last Monday, we did. We got that uh, some suggestions last Tuesday or Wednesday from somebody. But yeah, we just keep them coming. You know, those yeah. suggestions are great. We, uh, we love those. So um, the more, the better. Questions, ideas, that's right. Yep, absolutely. And we record every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time. And it's, what, 8 p.m. Bob's time, Central time. Yep. And that uh, would be 5 p.m. on the West Coast. So come join us live in the chat room. We'd love to chat with you in the chat room. Uh, ask questions, interact with us. We'd love that kind of stuff. All right. A quick one this week. Oh, I lost your audio, Bob. There, there we, we go. Are. There you go. <laughs> there we go. All right. Little we'll malfunction. That's okay. All right. See y'all. All right. Good night. For show notes for this show, contacts, and more, go to the techzen.tv website where you can get show notes for all of our shows. We love to hear from our viewers and listeners. We have an email, a Twitter, and a phone number where you can contact us for each show. For details, visit the techzen.tv website and get the show details. You can also make a video and upload it somewhere like YouTube or Vimeo and then just send us a link. You never know, you may see your video in a future show. You can get all of our shows delivered automatically to your favorite device by going to your favorite podcast website like iTunes and subscribing. Each of our shows also has a YouTube channel you can subscribe to to get regular updates. Our shows are also available on most internet radio networks like Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. You can also watch and listen to our shows on Xbox, TiVo, and Roku. You can even find us on your Zoom.